All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you. Because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim, Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Can I get a hello somebody for OHIO, Ohio, baby? I am shouting out my home state. But during this interview, I can't just call this my home state because I got my sister girl here, Pamela Price, who hails from Cincinnati, the queen city in the great state of Ohio. So, so glad. You know, the great state of Ohio where survivors and leaders are born, where pressure and resilience go hand in hand. Hello, somebody for that. Well, folks, today, I just said it. I got her here. I'm, oh my God, she is in the fight the one and only Pamela Price. She is the future, we claim it, the future district attorney of Adamina County. We gonna claim that. In the black church, we are called and response. I am in amen mode too. 
today. Sister Price, how you doing, baby? Oh, I'm awesome. I'm so honored and happy to be here with you, Nina. And yes, Ohio. Hello, Ohio. (laughs) Hello, Ohio. Now we have listeners from all over the world. So I want them to know we love them too. But we're going to just pause, just pause for like 60 seconds and just rest in the great state of Ohio. Oh my God. It's so nice to talk to to an original Buckeye. I can't even tell you how it feels. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It's wonderful. I'm oh my God. so proud of you as a representative of Ohio and the power that comes from our wonderful state. So well, thank I'm proud you. of you. No, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. So, you know, it's, I want to start, you know, it's only right that we start with your journey from Cincinnati, Ohio, to the civil rights movement, to Yale, your life experiences, the lessons and the testimonies will help support and be a blueprint for future generations. And that's how I see, I think all of us on this journey at points, things happen to us so that we can be, so that we can give a testimony and also be a blessing to others. I don't think that we have a right to keep our stories to ourselves because we don't know who we are going to lift up. So can you just share a little bit about your fight, how it started, talk a a little bit about your journey from Cincinnati, Ohio to where you are right now in the great state of California and what led you to study law and to use law as a vehicle for justice? Yes, well, thank you for this time and the opportunity. You're absolutely right. It's a testimony. And the first time I ever ran for office, I was midway through my campaign when I realized, okay, Lord, this is why you have me doing this. Because I don't tell the story enough. And you're so right. It will inspire people. We hope that 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 testimony is to inspire. And so my testimony begins in Cincinnati, when Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And in that moment, when it hit me on April 4th, 1968, it hit me so hard that I was both traumatized and radicalized in the same moment. I became so angry and young. I was 11 years old. I was so angry at the assassination of the dreamer. And I was traumatized because I couldn't believe, I couldn't understand and process how somebody who stood for love and justice and was just trying to make the world a better place could be assassinated. I did not, my little 11 year old mind could not process that. And so I had to really come to terms with that. And I was very, very angry. I got involved in the civil rights movement. I got arrested when I was 13 years old, being and out what did there you, angry. Yeah. Yeah, what were you, do you remember what you were doing to be arrested at the age of 13? What? Oh, yeah, I know what I was doing. (laughs) No, I mean, I should not have framed the question like that. Share with us what issue you were protesting at the age of 13. We were protesting Black, uh, Black liberation. I was literally part of a cohort of folks that were being, we were educated, we were being educated as youngsters with Black history, and we were protesting the police injustices in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, there were some things that were going on in the demonstration that I wasn't necessarily doing, but the police broke up the demonstration. And when they did that, 
most people ran. I <laughs> did not run and I ended up getting arrested. <laughs> wow. And what, I mean, what did your parents, I mean, what were, well, sure it was were. really bad because I was already in the foster care system. I had left home when I was 13 and was in the foster care. So I was a foster kid, a ward of the court, and I got arrested in a black power demonstration. The court did not like that at all. My foster mom got in so much trouble. It was not good. It was not good. It didn't look good for none of us, okay? And I was with some other kids and they ran and got away, but me and a couple others didn't. And we, we went in the paddy wagon downtown. And so my foster mom- Y'all held the line, huh? <laughs> Even back then, you were held, holding the line. So I see it's easy to, to see why uh, you would be using uh, what God has given you to lift up justice. So you were in a, there are, you know, many people who can relate to being either uh, foster parents. I have a cousin, uh, her name is Penny Jordan, and she's been a foster mom for a very long time and has just had some embraced, even passing down that 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 trait of of wanting to give somebody else a home yes. uh, even down to her children but i thank god for foster parents like her because yeah. she was very loving and very nurturing i know sometimes there can be situations in foster homes i get it just like there could be situations in uh, in, in in somebody's uh you know um natural parents home. right natural mm -hmm. home that's yeah. right yeah that yeah. can happen too yeah. so we're not exactly. you know big ups to foster parents that yeah. do the right thing and love up on kids mm -hmm. but that journey for you i mean being a foster child can you because i i can't i, I don't want to just leave that you said you were a foster child mm -hmm. um, a lot of people yeah. have the journey that you and, and some people lose hope i have in the past uh, come across and, and worked with foster children along my journeys and to hear you talk about that experience and how successful you are right now yeah um, can you share a little bit about that experience yeah. with us no that's what i tell you that is the miracle of the testimony yeah. that god told me i needed to say and to share sure. because i would not be here were it not for three foster moms and i always yeah. give them credit amy jenkins lorena donnell and alice Aaron. And I was living with Alice Aaron when I got arrested and she was an activist herself. And so she supported what I was doing. She understood what I was doing, but she was in a bad place when I got arrested. It was not good. Sure. But she, those three women um, kept their hands on me and they literally would not let me go. And even when I was in the streets, I walked away from foster care when I was 16 years old because I felt like I could do bad all by myself. And I could. But those three women never gave up on me. And they kept looking out for me, trying to find me a place to live. Sister took me in her house. Um, they were the ones that told me that I, in fact, was young, gifted, and Black. Come on. And that I could make it. And that was the saving grace for me. And I know yeah. what you say. So many foster kids, I think it's less than 1% of us actually make it to college. Yes. And I not only got off the streets, managed to avoid having life altering, terrible experiences and, and get into Yale College and managed. And when I left Cincinnati, my foster mom told me, go as far as you can and don't look back.
Come on now, from foster care to Yale, you better yeah. talk about that. You, you know, that a song is coming to mind right now. Learn to respect the power of love. Yeah, that Ooh. was a journey. And it was. It was their love that got me through, that kept yes. me tied, linked. Get your education. That's the thing they kept telling me. Get your education. Sure. That's the one thing nobody can take from you, you know, because I had so much taken from me. I did the journey. I was in and out of juvenile, in foster homes, in group homes, on the street, <laughs> the whole thing. It was a four year odyssey. But God had another plan. And yes, he brought yes, me through. Yes. Come yeah. on. Amen. That is so powerful. And especially. Sometimes when people go through things, it, it seems insurmountable in the moment. Yeah. And I just really appreciate you being vulnerable in this moment and sharing your story with others so that they may be lifted. Oh my God. So you it you know, it seems like you know, I want to just talk about black women in politics, social justice, and having the courage to speak up. And even at the young age of 13 years old, you were using the power to be able to speak up and protest injustices. And here we are in the 21st century and still protesting some of those same injustices. But, you know, it seems like we all are living in a time where silence and the status quo or to get along, to go along, isn't feeding the folks like it used to. And people are angry at how this country is responding you know, really to their fears and to their hopes and to their dreams. And people are way more aware. Like, I think people's awareness is more peaked. And maybe that's because of the social media mm -hmm. menus that we have mm -hmm. that we did not have like 50 years ago. That that was not the case. It was like a copy machine and door knocking and, and phone calls. <laughs> yeah. You know, 50 years yeah. ago, it was not the Twitter and the TikTok and the Gram and all those other tools, Facebook that we have right now. So, you know, black women in particular, let me go back to black women, have been trailblazers from the beginning, from the very beginning. What does, how does your journey as a black woman in America inform the work that you are doing right now? It is, the foundation and i'm so glad you bring up that black women have been trailblazers i want to do a shout out to shirley chisholm yesterday was her birthday right it was shirley's birthday that's right yes, happy birthday shirley we, and we know her you know. spirit her spirit still resides that's right and it's yeah. her spirit that inspires you and me that touches those of us that choose to get into this political arena where we are often diminished and demeaned mm. and ignored and <laughs> and and it's that fighting spirit that has kept us moving forward as a people and that has obviously moved this country forward. But for yeah. us, where yeah. would this country be? That's and right. so it is, um, to me, it's, it's an incredible gift to be a black woman in this season, to have been born in this time, you know, to have come of age in the wake of the assassination of Dr. King, which seemed like the darkest days the darkest yeah. days, you know, yeah. and you had Dr. King and then Bobby Kennedy, and then the Panthers were being killed. People were being, losing their lives. It was a horrible time of backlash. And right. Uh, Minister Malcolm X it was just, you know, assassinated uh, right. about, what, two years before? Yeah. 
Right. And so now, you know, it recently came out that there was an FBI setup that the men that they imprisoned for the murder of Minister Malcolm X did not do the crime, but absolutely did the time. Did the time. At the the hands of the FBI. And they're never going to get that. They're never going to get their time back. You know, and I hope they get a lot of money uh, from that injustice, but they're never going to get their time back since the price. I mean, that just burns my behind. And it really is a lot of people in the black community knew that those men had not done it. Mm -hmm. Right. People were saying that, been saying that. From that, yes. from day one, those That's they right. didn't do that from day one, and, and and you know when we talk about criminal justice reform, which I know we're going to get to, one of the the worst things that is the hallmark of our system are wrongful convictions. That's right, That's and exactly often right. it's so many times in our history where somebody has been wrongfully convicted, and everybody in the black community knows that person did not do the crime. Yeah. And as I, I read those stories, I recognized that when you incarcerate the wrong person, you're not just incarcerating that person. You are devastating an entire community that knows that you just did a grave injustice. That's it. Absolutely. You are. And again, people can't ever get that that time back and all of the trauma that those men had to endure. That's right. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Also on December the 1st, 1955, mm-hmm. while we're going back down memory lane, mm-hmm. um, the one and only, the indomitable Rosa Parks yes. was arrested that yes. day. 
That's you know, right. I'm thinking there's something happened That's on right. December the first. You know, but she she was arrested for uh, disobeying the Alabama law. She would not relinquish her seat. She did that. She did that, and she December did it for 1st. us. She did that. Yes, she did. And as a as a civil litigator, I've had the honor and the privilege of reflecting that act back to people. Because how many times have I had to listen to defense counsel tell me, you know, your client, she's the only one that complained. She's the only one. Nobody else is complaining. And I have been honored to say to them, you know what? Black people sat at the back of the bus for decades until one woman. Come refused on. to give up her seat. And because that one act, one woman said no. She's the only one that complained. And the whole world was changed after that. You better, hello, you better say that. The I'm only telling one you. to complain. That's oh right. My God. I love at, it. At a time where the movement was able to use her energy, That's because, right. um, you know, Claudette Colvin, as we know, mm-hmm. was a teenager similar to you. I think she was 15. Mm-hmm. And she didn't give up her seat either. Right. You didn't right. get the same spark right. um, as Mrs. Rosa Park. There's something about timing. Yes. And also Claudette Coven, she was a teenager. So it was a kind of whole different dynamic that I'm sure that you can relate to. Yes. But you are absolutely right. Shout out to the people who complain, who That's dare right. to say no, who don't go along to get along. Right. But yeah, oh man, just, I mean, yeah, we, we got a lot to reflect on and to be uh, thankful for. And it's really good to have fearless people, but especially fearless women. Yes. So what, what, what made you decide to go into law? What was it about the study of law, the practice of law? What was it? What made you do it? It was none of that. <laughs> It was none of that. None okay. of that. No. I first, obviously as a young person, I had a lawyer, right? Which I didn't walk away from that experience with a very favorable impression about the law or lawyers. Sure. I wanted none of it. Okay? None of it. Okay. None of it. But I was an activist to my heart, obviously. And so I was privileged at Yale to join with the Black Student Alliance at Yale and some other activists. And we sponsored something called Attica Weekend for Life. And it was an opportunity at the to have a program at the Yale Law School where we brought in the lawyers who represented the prisoners in the Attica New York State Prison Uprising. And so I got to see, I was a little sophomore, <laughs> you know, nobody. And so they put me at the front door of the Yale Law School and said, when the big lawyers get here, you wait at the door and you open the door and tell them what room to go to, right? You help them find their way in. We don't have, you That's you that low on the totem pole, you go stand at the door, okay? So I was standing at the front door of the Yale Law School when Margaret Burnham, Lennox Hines and Haywood Burns rolled up and girl, they blew me away. They came from the front lines of the fight and they were on fire and they walked like, you know how you see the folks in the what we know now in the movie, The Black Panther, where yeah. people just appear, the warriors appear. These warriors <laughs> appeared, appeared on the street in it's front real. of the I was like, Wakanda forever. Oh baby. my God, they blew me away. I had never seen lawyers like that, much less black lawyers. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Hello, somebody. That 
was like, uh, that left an indelible impression upon me. I was like, wow, they can, those are real lawyers. Look at what they're doing, you know? And so that was my first inkling that, oh, movement lawyers are real and they are bad, right? I mean, they were, they literally came in with like, we are taking no prisoners. We are mm. on the war path. And yeah. we just came down here to the Yale Law School to let y'all know what's really going on. It was amazing. Amazing. So that was a turning point for you. It was. It was. I saw so you powerful lawyers, powerful Black people. Well, I hadn't decided yet. I, I had to, some things, other things happened along the sure. way. And, but eventually uh, you decided. Eventually, to go yes, into law. I did. Yeah. I joined a lawsuit, a little case called Alexander versus Yale, which turned out to be the first sexual harassment lawsuit under Title IX. And I, there again, I got a chance to work with some awesome lawyers, movement lawyers, the New Haven Law Collective that represented us. And they were writing the law, making new law, fighting the fight. And once again, I could see this is how you use the law to help people. It is something, it is a tool, a valuable tool. And it's something that I could do and I wanted to do. And so that's how I became interested. I thought I was going to teach law. And so I came to California to actually get my PhD with plans to be a law professor. Uh, but the first time I walked into a criminal court in San Francisco Hall of Justice and somebody called on me, I realized, oh yeah, this is what I really want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and became a trial lawyer in that moment. <laughs> what you were seeking was seeking you. Yes. Oh, was. there there it is. When we think about, oh, wait, if I say qualified immunity, you say? No. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it PG. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, that was buzzing around for a while. We'd have moved on to the next because we just cannot stay focused on anything. The uh, George Floyd Policing Act has yet to pass despite uh, Black folks delivering yet again uh, for the Democratic Party. But I, I digress. Let me not yes. even go there with you yes. right now. Yes. Qualified yes. immunity. What is it and why should people be concerned that we need to do a new thing in this country uh, to make sure that bad law enforcement folks, not good ones, mm -hmm. bad law enforcement folks are held accountable. Yeah. Qualified immunity was created by some judge and then articulated over and over again by judges as they sometimes do to protect police officers from being held accountable. That's in essence what it does. And it basically says, unless you can prove that the police officer had been in this situation before and knew, therefore, that it was illegal, even if it is illegal, as long as he can say, I didn't know, then he gets a pass. It's like you get one illegal pass per officer, at least, because some of them, guess we know, get many illegal passes over and over and over again. So it gives a pass to unconstitutional behavior and to behavior that harms people. And it really has uh, left us much less safe because we have police officers that are willing to 
they know they're going to get a pass. So they're going to do, they're willing to violate your rights or hurt you, kill you, as long as they know they got that pass in their black back pocket. And there's a movement afoot, again, to do away with qualified immunity. We're hoping that it would be done away with by now, but it has not. I don't see any light at the end of that tunnel. But it is important for the people joining us in this conversation to know that it really is about bad law enforcement and not good law enforcement. And law enforcement does have, they already have protections right now within the constitution. So I, I want people to know that. And I'm saying that as somebody who, you know, I have people in law enforcement in my uh, family. And so I understand, you know, the, the, the situation. So we all should be in support of people who are in communities to protect and serve, underline, underscore. But when law enforcement does something wrong, they should be held accountable. And that's really all people are saying. And I, you know, Sister Price, I served as a Cleveland City Councilwoman, and I tell you, and from an older community, like my grandparents migrated to this community. So I understand locally how Black people, especially Black elders, feel about police. You know, I, I never had a resident that did not like the police. What they didn't like is that somebody they love being uh, treated unfairly and unjustly, right. being cracked over the head or killed, you know, even worse. Exactly. And so when we make sure that the community, that there's accountability and transparency, that makes people in the law enforcement feel safer too, and also the community. But we can't have a one-way street here. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. My Our goodness. Elders do want the, and everybody wants to everybody, feel safe. Want to be safe. People yeah. want to be safe and they have a right to be safe. And, yeah. you know, people who are brutalizing and victimizing people need to be held accountable. We need I to stop that. them. So, hey, right. Attorney Price, say that one more time. Yeah. People victimizing and brutalizing people need to be, need held, accountable. To be held accountable. Yeah. Say that again. You That's right. say that. But those two things are not mutually exclusive because what also burns my behind is when people use, well, the black community, you know, they use this misnomer about black on black crime. It is, there's white on white crime, there's Asian right. on Asian crime, there's Hispanic exactly. on crime right. is intraracial. Exactly. But the fact that the very, the system itself has created this myth mm -hmm. of extreme black criminology. And so we're held to a different standard and also maligned differently right. than most other folks. And then by extension, people of color. And so you don't hear the, the term white on white crime. Right. You know, so, so why should we allow society to label us in terms of black on black crime? I'm trying to get people to understand this, mm -hmm. right. that it is a false equivalency. So we can both yeah. deal with challenges and needs in our community and also hold law enforcement. The very legal system itself mm -hmm. needs to be held accountable as far yeah. as I'm concerned, not Definitely. just law enforcement. Exactly. But uh, hello, people who mm -hmm. brutalize and, and, hello, and, somebody. and need to be held accountable. We want all of that. Now, so Sister Price, so you are running right now in Alameda, Alameda County for DA. Yes. Yes. Tell yes. us about your journey so far. What's happening? Yes. What's happening? 
I am going to be the next DA of Alameda County. And you, you call it so much. We live in Alameda County with a system of total lack of accountability from the police to the prosecutor. These folks have been operating, completely making up their own rules, covering up illegal conduct. We had the biggest uh, scandal police. We've had repeated police scandals, but certainly we've had one that rivals, you know, the movie training day or, the Ramparts uh, scandal in L.A. or Serpico in New York. We had that in Alameda County. In in Oakland, we had the Riders. And they basically got off scot-free. And that was the one time that the DA unsuccessfully tried to prosecute somebody. I mean, well, we have a pattern of unsuccessful prosecutions because we have a DA's office that sees itself as an extension of the police. And they have forgotten that they are lawyers, that they are supposed to be impartial, independent ministers of justice. And instead, they've been spending all their time covering up for the police, withholding evidence when people are entitled to exculpatory evidence, suborning perjury by police officers in the courtroom. So we just have a terrible symbiotic relationship between our police, those who engage in misconduct, bad cops get protected by bad DAs in Alameda County. You better say it. That's what it is. And it has become the norm. Our system is riddled with racial disparities. In Alameda County, Black children are less than 12% of the children in this county, but they are 53% of all juvenile felony arrests. And when you add in brown children, you're up to 86% are either Black or brown children. We went through a period of time from 2010 to 2016 where a Black child was 65 times more likely to be prosecuted as an adult than a white child. And a Latino child was 27 times more likely to be prosecuted as an adult than a white child. Can we just rest right there? Because our humanity, see, that is about an indifference to our very existence, that even our babies. And you know what? I don't even know because I am not surprised because this is very much rooted in the entire history of this country that disregarded our babies from birth. And it's still happening right now. But I want people to understand there's a connection between this and the auction block. Hello, somebody is a connection between this and making our mamas and aunties and grandmamas suckle somebody else's baby and leave their babies neglected. Hello, somebody. There is a connection to this. You know, our black boys imprisoned at higher rates, out of school suspension at higher rates, seen as older than what they really are, black children are in this country still. We ain't even got to go all the way back. But I like to go, you know, because James Baldwin once said, know from whence you came. If you know from whence you came, there's virtually nowhere that you cannot go. You cannot say, and I think it was Minister Malcolm, you can't say you love the tree and hate the root. But Sister Price, there is a pattern here. Yeah. So much, so much. That is still here in the 21st century. Those stats that you just laid out are 21st century stats. That's right. In Alameda County, one of the, quote, most progressive counties in this country. This is how we progressive state, right? In the progressive state. 
If you live in Alameda County, you are 20 times more likely to be incarcerated than a black person, than a white person. If you are a black person, you are 20 times more likely to be incarcerated than a white person. When we talk about the level of disrespect, there was a study done called the Stanford study on the Oakland Police Department. And when they looked at the number of people who were just handcuffed, they looked at traffic stops and it was like 3,800 black people got handcuffed in a traffic stop and something ridiculous like less than 200 white people. So I'm like, as if handcuffing us doesn't matter. It's like the automatic response when we are stopped is to be handcuffed. That's crazy. It's unacceptable. And that is why we need people like you who see the level of injustice and are willing to not only speak up and speak, speak up and speak out but you're willing to put yourself in position to use the power of the da's office to do a new thing and leave no doubt like you said a few minutes ago anybody that wants to be a scourge on our community you will be dealt with you know this is not an either or you want to be a scourge on the community as a law enforcement you need to be dealt with you want to be a scourge on the community as just an individual in the community you got to be dealt with that's right no more double standard no more but you're not turning your back on the injustices of the system and sister that is why we need you yeah yes we you. do yes, oh no man i hope they feeling the energy that we, we we putting out today yes i do i want to close with a quote from the one and only Bob Marley. And this is for you, sis, and people who are going through things. And he said the following, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. Wow. Your life is a testament to that. Wow. And I know that is preaching Thank to somebody you. else that is listening. So glad you are running for that seat in Alameda. Yeah. You, 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 oh my God, what you are going to be able to do with the people's power to make crooked paths straight is going to have a ripple effect all over this country. Yes. What you say? One yes. complainer. Yes. One complainer. <laughs> That's right. Right. Come on. That's Somebody right. got to complain. That's yes. Right. Oh right. my God. Love you. Love you. Sis. How do people find you? Where do they find you? What's your website, your social media handles, all of that good stuff? Sure. Pamela Price 4DA.com. That's Pamela Price, the number 4DA.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you just look for P Price Cares or at Pamela Price Cares, because I care. And that's why we've named it across the board. Pamela Price Cares, P. Price Cares. I'm findable. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, you were talking about Dr. King as, as we fold this particular conversation when he talked about power and love and that those two things go together. I certainly do not believe that you can serve that which you do not love. So to have somebody like you running for an office like this that has so much impact and to not be afraid to say, I care. Yeah is a beautiful beautiful thing you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice that word of uplift comes from the one and only brother bob marley sister price i love you deeply and dearly hello somebody because everybody is somebody Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.